It's Zach Eady with the Purdue Men's Basketball, and you're watching Boilers in the Stands. Welcome back to Boilers in the Stands. I am your host, Joe Jackson. Joined, joining me as always is Craig Bowers. Craig, um, you know, another good win for Purdue today, an 87 to 57 victory over Moorhead State. Throw it to you right away. Just what was uh, the instant reaction from the game that you have? Uh, well, my first instant reaction was uh, I wasn't supposed to be on the show tonight for anybody who watched True. the show the other night. Uh, Greg was supposed to be on. I'm sitting in La Havana Roomba, my favorite Cuban restaurant uh, in the world, in Louisville, Kentucky, celebrating my mom's 81st birthday. And we get a text from Greg saying that he dropped his phone while he was on the elliptical, smashed the screen, had to go get it fixed, wasn't going to be able to watch the game or be on the show tonight. So if you guys notice my background, I am sitting in a lovely residence in sweet kitchen here. Uh, coming to you live tonight without my normal mic or my normal camera. Um, so that's my initial reaction, Joe. But beyond that, uh, I will say a few things. A um, little bit of a slow start, and I think a lot of it was defensively. I'm sure you're going to dig into it, but Moorhead State was running some action that was really giving us trouble, and, and we kept just kind of letting guys open, and it came from multiple different spots. I really thought in the first half there were only two guys that were really defensive bright spots. Um, but offensively, we were still doing all right outside of hitting the three. Um, I love, love the fact that a few times, especially early in the second half when we weren't really hitting the three, that Jones kind of forced the issue, got to the hole. Uh, he had two drives and a kick out and a really short series and then buried a three after that. And just a piece to me that we were missing last year of I, everybody wants to say we had to get a three point shooter in the off season. And I understand why they were saying that because we were, we would shoot 40% for a long stretch and then we would shoot 20%. We, we went on these big swings and games when we shot 20% were the games that we got beat. But my thought alongside that was even if we bring in another three-point shooter, you can have some of those nights. And what do you do when you have that night? Do you have a different way to score other than eating in the post or shooting the three? And I think he just brings that element to us. Um, I guess the last thing I would say, yeah. and I don't want to take too much away from the things you're going to say, Joe, um, was I got really hard Carson Edward vibes his freshman year from Miles Coleman tonight. And, what I mean by that is not necessarily that Miles, Miles and Carson are the same people. But I remember Carson's freshman year, like there were some early games where he got in for like 10 or 12 minutes and just put up points. And I was like, they're not going to be able to keep this dude on the bench. And, and he had that stretch tonight that's like, look, <laughs> they're not going to be able to keep Colvin from getting minutes as this season progresses because he's just too elite offensively to not be getting minutes once he figures it out defensively. 
yeah, that dude will he will come in and fire. Literally the first first possession he's in in the second half, it's an empty side pick and roll, and he just drills a pull up three. Like legs are probably cold still. No, maybe he was up and down the floor once. I think he played one defensive possession, uh, but he drills it, and you know, uh, there's there's something to that. I'm with you. I think in the long run, it's going to be hard for them to keep him off the floor. No Ethan Morton tonight also uh, out with the illness is I think Brian Newber was the one that I saw reported it. Um, for me though, the, the instant reactions is uh, these are the type of games that Edie can have when they give him single coverage. We're going to talk about Edie. I'm going to make sure we talk about him because he was phenomenal. I thought tonight um, brain Smith, like, there's going to be, there's, I think with who Brain Smith is, there's just going to be a couple plays that you're like, why did you do that? Like, <laughs> what, what was that? But then there's the rest of the game. It's just, especially today, like, yeah, it's just getting whatever he wanted, throwing passes wherever he wanted, pulling up that like, he didn't shoot well. I don't care. Like being aggressive, getting to a shot, hunting it. Um, just, I was, yeah, I, I loved watching him today. You kind of, I'm not going to repeat the Lance stuff because you already mentioned that. Um, but yeah, I, I would say those are the two big things. I liked, you know, the first half, um, put up 42 points, only shot two of 11 from three. Edie, you know, Edie was four for six, seven to seven from the line. Like there's other ways. TKR had seven points that half. Um, even though the three wasn't falling, there was other ways for guys to score. You know, Lance, especially in the second half, kind of did that. But uh, we can jump, unless you have anything really quick, we can go to some of the stats and then go from there. Um, was going to say on the TKR thing. So even though we were struggling a little bit uh, defensively covering them, and I and I do think some of that was uh, the issue of TKR and Edie being on the floor together at the same time. Although in the second half, and I don't, I don't know if you've got a breakdown of this because you're better at that than me. They changed something because those guys weren't open even with TKR and Edie out on the floor, and I'm sure they were still running that same action. Um, yeah. In the first half, they, I think there was an issue there partially caused by having TKR and Edie on the floor at the same time. But we heard Painter say in the offseason over and over again that TKR is too good offensively, and at some point you have to say, okay, what's, what's my trade-off that be better defensively compared to what I can do scoring? And I felt like he really stuck to that in the first half. It's like, all right, we're giving up some points. But TKR is being really active on the board. He was getting some uh, both ways. They had high-low action where Edie fed TKR and TKR fed Edie, um, and, and they were still scoring. And the lead was still a comfortable 12 to 15, and it just seemed like he was like, as long as we're putting up points, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it through the half, and we'll make some adjustments going into the second half. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the defense because I think that's where the biggest issue was, especially in that first half. I am gonna because you know we are live in stadium. We're gonna see if this catches. No, I'm too far away. That's Edie over there, mass around him, asking for signatures. And uh, as we know, Edie will probably sign every single one of them, even though there's I don't know, hundred people, hundred fifty people right there in that in that little cluster. Um, do you want to do stats or defense first? Um, talk about the defense. Cause I'm really like, while I was watching it, I was like, I want to know what Joe's going to say about this. It was I, first. I like the, um, I, I should have been more prepped and had the head coach's name off ready, but, um, the head coach for more history, I thought did a really good job just with a ton of good actions. It's, uh, not maybe as complex as like some of the Purdue stuff, but, uh, Preston Spradlin is the head coach but it's a lot of just like it was 
pin downs. It was a lot of like cross screening and flare screens. There, a lot of times you'd see, you know, a point or whatever guard would throw stuff into the elbow and then he'd get a flare screen out to the wing. And uh, at Purdue, honestly, that first half, everybody, like, I think every single person struggled defending, like getting around screens, helping out. Um, and I think it's sometimes they were caught between, do we switch this? Do we just like hedge? Are we Xing out to try to like contest and stuff? Um, when we go back to the first game against Sanford, like you saw guys flying around, they fly around. Um, and, and a newer thing, I think over the, with the evolution of the three point shot is, you know, I think when you think of like fundamental defense, it's hands high, close out, chop your feet. Um, that isn't always work nowadays. It just doesn't with all the, how many players can shoot threes. So it's flying by and forcing them to put the ball on the ground. That just wasn't quite happening. It was the ball was moving quicker than the defense was moving. Um, and they were just getting caught on screens is what I thought. Now the second half and I'll, when I watch the game back, I'll like confirm or deny this. I thought they started switching the stuff a bit more. And so it was, Hey, we're going to maybe, you know, have some disadvantages one-on-one if the ball gets there. But in the meantime, they're not going to get that many open threes off of just these flare screens, these cross screens, things like that. Um, but yeah, I think that was the thing that concerned me is just guys getting behind on the screens. Since now they're, I think Morehead State also has said some pretty good ones in general. But guys are now one or two steps behind and they're just chasing the whole way. And then it's the defense, especially with Edie or if TKR, even first at times, Gillis, um, I just named every big, but um, just not a, I think there wasn't quite the confidence of what do we do here since Morehead State was playing more of a five out also. Yeah. Did that makes sense. That, that, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and to me, it was the flare screen that was I didn't when I was watching it, you're I, I didn't have a name for it. Um, but I could see what was happening and I was like, man, they were just they're for, killing us on I'm that gonna, over over and over and over again. For flare screen for anybody, um, they would so it'd be like somebody was at the top of the key, they pass it to somebody on the elbow. And if so, say they pass to the left elbow, they would get a screen going to the right. So that way, like their defender was pinned in, like whoever the guard was. Sorry, I just want to jump in. And for a case, anybody that wasn't aware what a flare screen was, keep going. Yeah. And I thought that gave him a lot of trouble. And, and there was a time or two in there where like Lance was recovering and going to get there in time, but somebody left their man over and it's like, He's he's there. He's there. Like just settle in, you know, to, to what's happening right there. But I thought they really struggled with that. And then the second half, it didn't seem like they struggled with it at all. I, I didn't see that really get open too much at all in the second half, yeah. um, one way or another. So I don't know what adjustments they made exactly there. I don't know if that's just an action that they haven't seen a ton yet this year or what, but. I think it's uh sorry I thought somebody was talking to me. Uh I think like I think there's some good defenders in scheme on this team like you know aside from Colvin, Heidi, um Jones like we already know there's not a ton of athleticism, right? But Purdue does a good job with their scheme of hey we're funneling everything to Edie. He's going to take away mm-hmm. the paint and when it's a spray out we're just going to rotate and be fine. They weren't going they weren't a lot of times attacking Edie like that and so now it is on the right. guards of hey the guards have to be the most important defenders not Edie. um but even when Edie was out i think there was still a drop because then it was morehead state i thought got to the rim a bit more but um yeah just putting the emphasis i think morehead state did on like hey the guards have to defend us not Edie. yeah and and i thought even even with that that we left them open off that action a lot in the first half 
There, there were several times where I, I kind of took down note, like TKR did a really good hedging out job, hedging out hard on that screen up top and then recovering fairly well off of that. So I think there were still some positives um, in, in what TKR did at the four from a defensive standpoint that against, I guess, a relatively athletic team. I thought they did a really nice job of shutting, uh, was it the Mulliken, Milliken? I don't have the Minix. stats up in front. Minix, that's where I was going with that. Um, cause what well, he has 16 in the first half and I think he maybe gets one bucket in the second half. Yeah, altogether. He was one for one for nine in the second half. Yeah. So I, I thought a much was, better yeah. effort in the second half. Smith was flying around with way more intensity defensively in the second half. I thought Jones brought it defensively from start to finish tonight. I thought Edie played a great game defensively, uh, for the most part, but like you said, that outside of those two in that starting lineup in the, in the first half, it was a little rough, just seemed a little slow and, and not sure what to do. A lot of second guessing. There was a time where they iced a guy. Um, was, I don't know if you, yeah, they iced a guy yeah. to his left and then there was nobody back that to, like, to, to funnel him to. And he just like walked up to the rim for a layup. So yeah, Gillis was hedging. That was, it was on the left wing. Gillis was hedging that and Smith was forcing him to the sideline and Basically, what that means is there was two dudes forcing him to the sideline and nobody actually there to stop him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would say Jones. And it gets tough when right when you're watching a game, especially live, and you can't slow down and rewind. It's like yeah. there's certain things you pick up, and so this could be just me singling him out. I thought in the first half there were a few times that he just was a little bit lost, um, but overall, I. So you you said a hundred like a hundred percent of the time I would say ninety five percent of the time but okay okay that could, that I'm also I was saying the first part more of like hey other guys could have done this more too and my brain just picked up on Jones for whatever reason um, yeah yep. no, I think I think I'm glad we went to the defense because I think obviously in a thirty point victory there's a lot of good but there's one hundred percent things that are like hey what are what, you know what are some things to improve as, as you get to a little bit tougher part of the schedule um, let's jump to the stats now. Oh man, I feel like I feel like Greg. It's really small. Okay, I got it over here now. Uh, Purdue eighty-seven fifty-seven. Um, oh man, this is really small. Hold on. Uh, there we go. What you- I got it. I got it. So okay. Purdue eighty-seven to fifty-seven. Purdue shoots eight of twenty-three from three, which is thirty-five percent. Uh, Edie leads the way with eighteen points, eight boards, five of eight shooting, eight and nine from the line. Jones chips in fifteen, five and three on uh, six of ten shooting, three of six from three. That's fifty percent. Uh, this might be a key number for a certain Discord that we're in. Um, Brian Smith adds <laughs> eleven points, eight rebounds, eleven assists. Didn't shoot the best, but was aggressive getting to a shot. Very, very close to a double double. Uh, but then, you know, Colvin, eight points on perfect shooting. Gill is eight points on perfect shooting. Overall, um, Borehead out-rebounds on the offensive glass, 12-7. to 7. I would try to do quick math. I think our offensive rebound percentage was higher still um, just because they missed more, so there's more opportunities for them to get offensive rebounds, but definitely still a bit of a concern, especially when Edie was off the floor. Bench points, 32-11. to 11. Paints, Points in the paint, 42-16. to 16. Fast break points, 13-0. to zero. Purdue wins that. Um, assists, 19-14. to 14. 19 assists on 30 made field goals, and it was a lot uh, more, like, more of the ISO stuff, I think, came later in the game. Um, I think that's every TKR, nine points, two boards. Had a couple of nice post-ups, I thought. Is there, is there anything else uh, that stands out to you? Anything I missed? I'm sure you talked about the turnovers, but just the, the fact wow. that they only had eight turnovers tonight, um, I, I think 
was impressive. I, I realize Moorhead State doesn't like really get up into you and pressure. Um, but especially given the fact that like, dude, Braden Smith was crazy tonight, right? He was yes. three, what, three rebounds away or two rebounds two. away from a triple double, right? Two yep. rebounds away from a triple double. Um, and it didn't even feel, <laughs> I don't know, like watching it, you didn't even feel like it was a crazy game uh, for him necessarily, but he almost puts up a triple double. And, and in all honesty, a, a few of the turnovers um, were a couple of him maybe trying to make a fancy play. Uh, but, and like, you can just see it, you know, like you said, like Smith is always going to have those one or two moments a game that you're like, why? But it, those other two moments that were, could have been why are also the wow. Um, and that's how Braden plays and you have to let him play that way because that's how he creates things. Um, but, but there was certainly a couple in there tonight that you were like, but, but why, like, why'd you throw the no look instead of just throwing the regular alley-oop? Cause that's a huge dunk for Heidi. If it's just a, if you just look at the guy when you throw the alley-oop, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it is what it is. I think you, um, yeah, I don't got much more on that. That just, it is what <laughs> yeah. it is there. Like amazing, uh, amazing game. Yeah. But yeah. There's like those, there's like those two moments yeah. where you're like, well, it's just, what? <laughs> And it's for me, it's just something you live with. If if you oh, want yeah. to get like that type of player, that's just you live with that and it you you just know that it's gonna happen every once in a while. Um and you I don't want think him being you the, want him being aggressive and hunting like that. Yeah. Like oh, like yeah. you want to. Um because more times than not, it's gonna pay off for Braden. Yes, one hundred percent. Um I have the rotation chart here. I don't think there's anything crazy to talk about. Obviously, no Ethan Morn due to illness. I already mentioned that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does anything stick out? Obviously, there's the color code for positions. Positions is very loose. If you want to switch, say, Lawyer's the small forward and Jones is the two guard, I'm not going to fight you on it. Um, anything stand out to you there? Uh, nothing really to me. I guess the one – actually, take it back. The one thing that stands out is, like um, – Morton's, I guess, still the maybe the more unknown, but this is a seven or eight man rotation right now. Um, and sometimes will be nine, depending on what first place. And the two for sure, the two for sure off the bench are Gillis and Heidi. Uh, after that, I think it's gonna be a little more up in the air. Um, I'm not gonna say Colvin getting minutes is gonna be up in the air. Um, how many minutes he gets against Xavier, how many minutes he gets in Honolulu, maybe a little up in the air still, but. When we turn January 1st, I, I can't see a scenario where he's not getting 10 to 15 minutes a game. Uh, just for what he can bring to the table from a scoring element and how fast he can heat things up. And like I've said, man, I mean, that that athleticism out in transition. But more importantly to me is when we're in a half court and we're struggling from three, his ability to, to, to catch, take two or three dribbles, and just rise and shoot a 15 to 18 footer is something that really is a trait that only he has on this team. Um, in terms of being able to get that all the time, like Fletch, Fletch does it too, and Fletch is really good at it. Haven't seen it quite as much this year, yeah. but Colvin, just with his athleticism, how quickly he can rise and how much he can elevate on that shot, I, I think he can just get that against just about anybody. The one thing about the rotation thing that you're showing, uh, I, I guess to me, most of Colvin's points in the last couple of games have been at the shooting guard spot uh, when they're running that action that they run for the two. Um, so I wonder, 
you know, as we move forward, if it's going to be more of, of him and Fletcher kind of splitting some minutes or if he's going to take some minutes there, don't really know. Like Fletcher didn't have a great game tonight. Fletcher had a really good game uh, not too long ago. So I'm yep. not saying that Colvin's going to eat Fletcher's minutes. I'm just wondering because that seems to be where Miles is scoring is when he's in at the two spot, if that's where he sees more minutes. Yeah. Uh, Sydney says, Joe, how do you even read that? So there, I'm going to take the comment <laughs> off. There's a little color code guide at the bottom, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. That corresponds to what position they played. So if it's in like, if that box is color, that means they were in at that posi- that position for that time. Very, I would say give or take like a minute or two, because obviously subs don't happen on the dot. Um, so if a sub happens at like 32 seconds, they don't get counted in this chart for playing that minute. The other person that comes in and plays the the other 32 seconds does. Um, but Boiler Texas says Purdue really missed Morton tonight. It was really obvious with that second group. That was one of my thoughts, too. I thought that especially in that first half when Smith went off the floor, it was kind of a like, oh, boy, like what does this offense do when Smith's off? I think Jones is going to get more and more comfortable. Um, but I think Jones right now is better as more of this off ball who can play off of Braden pushing and letting Lance run more um, and not really have to be in as much, you know, a set as much of it like a set offense with Morton back. You're hoping some of with, with the Morton back, the combo of Morton and Jones, like now you have two ball handlers again. Um, yeah, should hopefully alleviate some of that. But yeah, I, I, this was also one of my thoughts from the Knights. I don't know if you have anything on that. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I, and I think Morton certainly would have helped defensively in that second unit, also, uh, just in yes. general. But yeah. fir- first, has uh, to find his first has to find his rhythm again. Yeah. Um, th- this I liked how I, he, he, was. he got some points in the yeah he got some points in the second half, uh, kind of rolling to the rim and Braden finding him a few different times there. Uh, got a Braden few dunks out of that, throwing the ball just kind of up and was like, yeah, first is there, and then first is like, oh, there's a ball here. <laughs> Um, continue. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, like, like that worked well. Uh, but it's just like, especially in the first half, it just didn't, didn't seem like he was super confident in a shot or I think he traveled once maybe in there. Um, or if not, maybe it should have been called. Um, I, I don't know. It just, it, it seems like he's, he just hasn't been able to get in a rhythm yet this year. And I don't know if that's, you know, TKR getting more minutes and, you know, Painter talks about all that time, all the time. Like there are some guys who can come in and give you two, four minute stretches and, and shoot well and play well without having to get in a really good rhythm. Uh, like yeah. we saw from, Col- like we saw from Colvin tonight, right? He can come in cold and that dude's hot in 10 seconds. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it just, I, I don't know if first has just struggled yeah. with lesser minutes, not being able to really get into that flow and into that rhythm, but you know, I, I hope he finds that uh, sometime here coming forward. Yeah, I would, I'm with you. Like, I, you just got to – I don't know. I don't know what it is. Obviously, you want the three-pointer to fall. I don't think he's been terrible defensively. Um, also, is my mic, like, really loud? If anybody – No. Is, just let me know. Okay, cool. Not to me. Um, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I like the roles that he had, and if you use him there, Purdue needs one of TKR first to pop – um, and then pop, not by pop, I don't mean like put up 20 a game, just be a guy that you can rely on. I think TKR, they leaned on a bit more today. It is obviously also a little weird with, you know, the last, uh, somebody just put it in the comments too. ED only seven second half minutes. Um, it's when you're up 30, like 
you get out of rotation a bit too and things like that uh but yeah for well, I don't I don't I just don't know what it is because I think defensively he's still fine for the most part just the shot isn't good and he was confident I don't know um something definitely to monitor going forward uh we're I know we're trying to keep this somewhat tight today for for our show I'm probably gonna go maybe like 10 more minutes or something like that um I kind of I guess there's been a lot of comments about Fletch obviously not a great game from okay uh, that's that's good I'm there was when I started, um, there's comments saying Craig is louder than you, Joe, for anybody that's listening on audio, which if you are, we are an Apple, Google, and Spotify podcast. Definitely give a five-star review, um, share it, all that stuff. Just help us help us keep growing. We appreciate all of that. Um I've totally lost. Oh, plush. Um two points, three boards, one assist, over two from the three-point line. There's a lot of comments of like lawyers gonna get pushed. I think. If lawyer get my, I think for me, and I, I think people probably know I'm more of an optimist right now than it, than uh, you know, that's just who I am. I think if lawyer gets pushed, I think it's because Heidi or Colvin are just like they have to play 25 to 30 minutes. I don't think it's because of just even if the shot isn't falling, like lawyer still does pretty good things. He's obviously not you know an elite defender by any means, but I think he knows the offense well and he moves it. Um, and so for me, it's if his minutes are getting bumped, it's because it's like Painter's just like we, yeah, like Colvin and Heidi are just so good that he they have to play twenty five to thirty minutes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not worried about Fletch. Like, I'm not. I'm not either. He he shot really well. Uh, it was was it the last exhibition game or was it the first game? I forget now. Arkansas. He sh- Arkansas. I know for no, a fact he shot really well. He shot well the first. He he shot well the last game. Him and Smith both were like four. four oh yeah, he five, was four, four for, for six, six or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just think we're in a situation now. I think everybody's worrying too much about like, is this guy going to eat this guy's minutes? Is this guy going to eat this whatever? Like, if Fletch is off, fine. <laughs> you know, throw maybe Colvin's on, you know, or if, if Lance is off fine, maybe we don't need him to shoot the three that night. I know there's some people out there that are just so obsessed with whether Lance shoots 40% from three or not, or 35% from three or not. That's not, that's not what he brings. Um, if he does great. Awesome. He brings other things. Um, I guess what I'm just saying is I think we have so many pieces right now. You Cam didn't have his best night, still played fairly decent, but he had a really good night the other night. Tonight, Colvin had a really great night. Like, I think we've got enough pieces that in, in certain spots, not at point guard, not at center, but in certain spots, Painter can just ride the hot hand. And, and yep. it's not going to be this guy's going to eat this guy's minutes all year long. It's this guy may eat this guy's minutes for this game. And then next game may be completely different. We haven't even talked about Mason. Like, was Mason two for two from three tonight? Two for two from three and two for two from the line. Eight points, five boards, and 17 minutes of play. Yeah, and when he was in there with Zach, like I thought the four or five position defensively uh, was probably the best pairing again. Uh, when when he was out on the wing in terms of switching and stuff like that out there, in terms of him and Zach playing at the four or five, I don't know. You can dig into the analytics of that later. I'm not going to. I just thought it looked better. Um mm to my eye from that regard. So I I thought Mason played really well tonight. Yeah, no, he was good. Um, Love seeing confident Mason. And that's what he is right now. Shooting the three, Uh, you know, Blake 
as it says in the chat, agree, Craig. I hope CMP does a bit more of ride the hot hand instead of the more rigid formulaic approach. Uh, the formulaic word almost got me. Um, yeah, and I, like you said, Craig, like there's just more options on this team, especially specifically at like the two and the three, which um, I think is the position that Purdue fans are kind of up in arms about. And like, um, it almost seems like if you don't, yeah, like you said, if you don't shoot 50% from three, then it seems like play, like uh, a lot of people don't think that that person should be playing. Um, there's options now. There's lawyer who's obviously proven. He's he's shown what he can do. He's also shown there's obviously some of the bad. And when that happens now, yeah, Colvin's three for three. He comes in. Maybe he's going to play 20 minutes and Fletch is at 15 for that game. Um, I think there's just also like with Fletch, there's something about like, he was started all of last year. He has been now in the system. Like this is his second year. He understands just what to do at that spot. Um, and in a complex offense and like what they do, uh, even on defense, I know he isn't the best defender, but like he's in the right spot a lot. And that counts for something. Um, and it, it only takes you so far, but I think it does count for something. And just this, it was kind of the, it's, oh, I think it's the similar to the Morton argument for last year, except Fletch is a, obviously a better shooter of like, Morton just knows what to do. And especially with a guy like Painter, like, I think he's going to trust that guy more. You, Painter's talked about trust. You got to trust the, trust the player to be able to play them. Um, and, and I just think he trusts Fletcher Lawyer. Oh, no doubt. Um, and similar to like Sasha <clears throat> um, at the three spot when, when, different times people might've been calling for this or that. I, I just think you got to have some guys out there that just are going to make the right play, the right decision of when to shoot, when not to shoot, when to make the pass, when not to. Um, yep. and, and whether you're like Sasha was not an elite defender by any means. Uh, Greg, nope. Greg's mentioned that I'm Sasha would agree with that. I'm sure. Um, he still just by being in the right spot on rotations was at least an average defender. And I think Fletch does that. It's really more for when Fletch get in trouble, gets in trouble defensively, it's when a team comes in and really wants to single him out and try to get mm -hmm. a switch and then ISO on him. And we haven't really seen that a lot this year so far. Um, we saw it a few times last year. But I think, like I said, we're in a situation with enough weapons and some guys. I mean, my, Fletcher Lawyer right now is a better team defender than Miles Colvin. Oh, I don't think that's even a question. No, I would also say that Miles Colvin is a better one-on-one -on -one ISO defender than Fletcher. Yes. So, like in that situation where they're going to say, "Okay, we're going to try to to pick the week that this is the NBA approach." In the NBA, they will do this over and over and over again until you take the guy out. That was a large reason why Carson didn't make it in the NBA. And if they do that in a situation like that, then I think you don't know, paint just says, "All right, well, we're going to throw Colvin in." Um, because you're not going to take him one-on-one -on -one near as much as you might take lawyer one-on-one -on -one or put Heidi in. So yeah. I, I just, and I think there's, there's way more options defensively and offensively. And that's the beauty with this team is I think we'll kind of, we've harped on this episode. We're going to probably keep harping on all year. It's just, there's, there is options. And, uh, when Fletch like has a bad game, especially as we get more, Colvin gets more and more used to the defense and stuff. Colvin come in, like, it's just going to happen. And I think it's a, it's a net good thing that it's it's a net good thing that there are these conversations. It's just don't give up on the guy that shoots poorly for a game or two, no matter who it yeah. is. Like if Colvin has an off night, that doesn't mean like he shouldn't play or anything like that. Um, doesn't take away from the criticisms because I think some of the stuff is fair. What about uh, the offensive rebounding? Cause this is <laughs> like, I think we got 
beat um we lost the offensive rebound battle once all year last year if i remember right and we're owing we're owing too like what what's going on there um i'm quickly checking okay first and it wasn't it wasn't junk points it wasn't junk down in the end like i realize in the first game you say well shoot we were shooting so well how many opportunities do you have for an offensive rebound you know uh but this game them i was just looking up the stats so first game like yes both games been uh fewer offensive rebounds but the first game um the Purdue's offensive rebounding percentage was 38.7 Sanford's was only 25 this game 26.9 for Purdue 27.9 for Moorhead State that's the 26.9 to 27.9 still isn't good when you're Purdue and should be dominance in that category um I, I know it's me and my analytics and stuff but I truly do believe like that's one where it's you do want to look at the percentages a bit more because yeah, Sanford is going to get more offensive rebounds if they have 40 more opportunities to do so. With that being said, still was a concern. Like I think I I'm gonna I want to look at it more when I uh, watch the game back tomorrow. I think a lot of it happened when Edie was off the floor. I think it also relates to Morehead State being so spread out and making Purdue's defense on the run consistently is now you know first is at the three point line, TKR is at the three point line. And they might not even, because of how much action's going on, they may not fully know that a shot's going up. And so now they're reacting late. They don't have position. Um, plus longer rebounds from from jumpers like that, too. Um, it wasn't good by any means. I, Yeah, I just, I think a lot of it was because of what Moorhead State was running. It put Purdue in spots that weren't good to rebound. And then there was also a couple that I think, especially midway through the second half, that they probably Purdue could have got. It just would have required like laying out. Um, they were up 30. Obviously, I know fans still want to see all the energy for 40 minutes, but I don't I don't know. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I think there were a few in the second half, especially that was like, yeah, they probably just let that one go. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um I I don't know. I, I just I, I really <laughs> I realize it's not a big reason to get concerned, especially in games where we're blowing people out. It just seemed to me like a really odd step because last year it was like every game I was like offensive rebounding. We killed him again. We killed him again. And then all of a sudden it's like, eh. yeah. yeah, that stat's not what um, it was last year. Yeah. I'm trying the, th- Oh no, it was against Marquette. Yeah. Marquette had a better offensive rebounding percentage last year than Purdue. Um, we're kind of at the 35 minutes and I know we we're going to probably want to wrap this up pretty quick. I th- Corey, I think, brings in a good point here. We're trying to el- evaluate this team against Samson and Moorhead. Things are going to change drastically in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, that's that's the the fun or the boringness of this week is, for me, right, especially just in the Big Ten in general, is coming into the season, you have all of your, like, your base knowledge of, like, I think this team's going to do this. These are things I want to see improve, whatever. And now you get two games against bad teams of, like, oh, this team kind of maybe does this a bit more and then you're going to get against good opponents and you're like, okay, this is what's actually legit. Um, yeah. I think there's still plenty to take away from these games. It is definitely more of a, for me, a, Hey, these are th- things I'm going to keep in the back of my head going forward because they've kind of stood out to me through these first two by games. And Purdue doesn't have many by games the rest of the way. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say bad teams, right? Because Samford was picked to finish second in their league by the coaches. Yeah. Uh, this team was picked to finish first in the OVC. So I don't want to call them bad teams. Um, but they're not Tennessee. They're not Arizona. Um, 
you know, they're not some of the other teams that we're going to face. They're not even Xavier. Right. Right. So things will, things will obviously change. Um, But it's a time you have to have these games for painter to be able to play around with things and, and figure things out so that he can trust people. Even those, you know, 10 minutes that's that Colvin is out there, it gives Painter a chance to see, is he picking up the rotation, you know? And and that gets us to the Xavier game where he maybe gets a little bit of run against a better team, see if he does the same stuff. And then when we get out to Maui, you know, have to see where things go from there. Yeah. Um, do we have, do we have anything else we kind of, we've glossed over? Hey, did we talk about ED enough? Did I, I know I said I was going to, do we, I don't think you did again. Uh, what right, do you have? Gonna, like 16 points in 20, 20, 16 points in 20 eight, minutes. 18 points on five of eight shooting, eight and nine from the line, eight rebounds, three assists, three blocks, and 24 minutes of play. Um, plus minus, he was a plus 30. I thought he did a really good job, and part of it was just the coverage. He didn't see it the last game, more of a one on one. He did a really good job of. I think it's regardless of coverage, getting positioning right away. And now as Smith rolls, there was a lot of, there's a couple times um, I saw like, and it happened both ways with TKR posting or Edie, but one sets the screen and the other's posting as that screen's happening. And so now Brain's getting downhill and he has either TKR on a roll or you can just dump it into Edie in the post up. I thought he did a really, really good job of just being like, okay, I don't really care if they're going to double or not. I'm going to position myself so close to the rim that it doesn't matter. Um, I think there was one or two times on the post-ups that Moorhead State was doing more of, they were go, staying one-on-one and they were just digging really, really hard. Um, and so what that means, they were, they were just swiping it as he, once he dribbled, especially. And so I think he got ripped once on that. Um, so being a little more conscious of like, Hey, even though I have one-on-one, there are going to be defenders with tons of arms coming in. But I thought aside from that, he did a good job reading, um, understanding where the defense was and just being able to get to a shot. There's a couple shots that I think he's still shaking off a bit of rust almost of just there's a couple shots. There's just like, man, he doesn't he doesn't miss those. I don't expect right. him to miss those. And then defensively there, you know, it's tougher for him when he has to space out like he did still three blocks. I think the defense just took a huge hit when he was off the floor because mm-hmm. when he's on the floor, it's at least nobody's going to get to the rim that well. Um, when he was off the floor, it was an option for them. Um, I yeah, I just don't want to gloss over how good he is because like today, eighteen points, eight rebounds, twenty four minutes, solid yeah. game, good game. Um, but he was good. He was good. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing if we were gonna nitpick a little bit is most of those points have seemed to be forceful points, uh, getting to a dunk, forcing it up right to the rim. That, that little hook just hasn't seemed to have been dropping quite as consistently. Like you said, there's just been a few where you're like, man, he doesn't miss that. And I don't know if it's because he's only getting the 20 minutes a game the last two games, really. Um, you know, Arkansas, he was in foul trouble and didn't really get in a rhythm. And he's not had to play quite as much uh, against these last two teams. So it'll be interesting. And, and we haven't had to feature him as much yeah. as we're going to have to feature him against the better team. So you know, I, I am going to look to that when we play Xavier, when we get out to Honolulu, Honolulu and play Gonzaga. Um, and he's, you know, he's more of the focal point of the offense. And, and I think some of those teams will decide to, they're probably going to double him, but they're not going to double him before he catches the pass, <laughs> you yes. know, like, like yeah. some of these, um, lower Ken Palm ranked teams are, um, 
so I, I'm interested to see him get back into that flow and start hitting that little hook shot consistently because just about every game, it seems like there's there's a couple right in the beginning that are a little off, and then it gets in a rhythm, gets in the flow, and, and really just starts banging those in time and time again. And I just I want to see it. I want to see it again. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, Edie is, is going to be great. Uh, Corey goes, well, Jones realized it's Edie's team. Um, Edie took two less shots, but also had nine more free throws and two less minutes of play. Uh, Joe, Mo- jo- I would hey, say Jones's entry passes off the floor was Edie yeah, off the J- floor. Jones's entry passes were way better tonight too. Yeah. And he, uh, he had that little, he, he, he's, I swear he's watching Braden when he's on the court or off the court because he had that little dribble in where then he just kind of faded out and then just tossed it up like Braden does. And, you know, like I'm going to throw it up where nobody else can catch it. Yeah. So I think he's learning. I think he's figuring out how to feed Edie the ball. Yep. 100%. So I think we're going to wrap it here. Craig, you have any last thoughts, anything? I don't know. I do not. um, I guess the only other thing I would say is hit the like button, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, retweet the show. Um, yep. I'm down here at North American International Livestock Exposition in Louisville, Kentucky. Been walking around the last few days. There are a ton of Purdue alumni down here at this Livestock Exposition, and I have talked to a ton of you who have come up and wanted to talk about Purdue basketball, and I just want to say um, that we love talking Purdue basketball. You're always welcome to come up and, and chat with us, and we will anytime, and thank you guys for all of your support who watch the show and, and all the positive comments that you've given about the show. Yeah, one hundred percent. Go if you have not already. We're gonna we're getting close. I think we're like one hundred and twenty five or something like that away. Followers from a thousand on Twitter at boilers in this boil at boilers in stands. If it has popped up on the screen right now, go. It is our pin tweet. You follow us at boilers in stands. You retweet that tweet. You are in an entry for Zach Eady signed jersey pictured there. Once we hit a thousand followers on there, if you've not already, definitely go do that. Um, th- we do appreciate everybody tuning in. If please like and subscribe, it just helps us. We're going to be back for Xavier for Xavier. Sorry, um, eight thirty Eastern tip. Going to be a late one. We will still be doing the live show shortly after the conclusion of the game. If you're listening on audio, like I said, we're on Apple, Google, Spotify. Please like, give a five star review, um, comment just some things that you want to see from these shows or things you're excited about with Purdue. Uh, we you know, love interacting with all, everybody and all that. So you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Jackson CBB. You can follow Craig on Twitter at Craig Bowers 34. Um, and with that, we will catch you guys Monday.